Ladies and gentlemen, but welcome um, back to another Bromax podcast film review. My name is Joel, and today we are going to be covering one of the great films of 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm joined by uh James Gunn personal uh correspondent, uh Jesse Jesse. Welcome, Jesse. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Jesse, we're gonna. I'm going to be t- letting you guide this episode a lot. Right. So I'm going to be this really my, in case you get yeah, too jittery. This is my number one most anticipated. So Joel is going to be like the media, the moderator. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you, you you take where we need to go, but I'll kind of reel you in if we get too far. Or all right. So before we go any further, could you please give us some statistics about the 30 second MCU film and the second entry in phase five following the abysmal Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. How's it? How, how is this film traveling? Traveling really well. So, first of all, just two and a half hours, just get that off the bat. Um, we're also looking at 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which is fantastic. We'd love to see it. Oh, I percent of critics rate this positively on Rotten Tomatoes out of 285 reviews. It's got a 95% audience approval rating, which is awesome. <laughs> I also and, just want to, sorry, just a quick shout out to us. I think this is the only time we've ever released a review on opening weekend. So congratulations to us. Woo! No problem. <laughs> we're, that, we're that keen to talk about it. So much so. Jesse and I are kind of talking about dates that we can do. And we're like, okay, we can do Mario or whatever. <laughs> and then we thought, no, you know what? Sorry, go back to it. Jesse and I were just talking about dates that we can do. Okay, okay. Well, in the podcasting space, in the podcast. Oh, okay, in the podcasting space. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesse. <laughs> um, also, just quickly wanted to add, this film has a budget of $250 million, which is pretty much standard for Marvel, hey? But still, yeah. I thought it looked great. We're just, just getting that off. Only, only half of that would have been Diesel. But, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so here is my plot synopsis of Guardians of the Galaxy. So, so you go in to watch the movie, and it's and it it it's like the best movie ever. And then, and then you leave the movie, and you're like, "Wow, that was the best movie ever." <laughs> that's that that's the synopsis. So, you're probably wondering what I thought of the movie. Hang on, hang on, Jesse. <laughs> I just want to make sure fans are getting a more clear up. Okay, no way. I'll actually do it. So good, good. <laughs> so. They're chilling, the Guardians are chilling in nowhere. Um, they're chilling, they're, they're singing some songs. And then suddenly this Adam Warlock dude, played by like that like cringe, cringe guy Midsummer. Um, he comes in like speed tackles Rocket Raccoon into the ground and then like kind of like 
shifts him up. And so they go and try and save Rocket because he's got a kill switch, which means they can't use like the fu- funky like CPR jetpack thing. And then they along the ride is the High Inquisitor. High Evolutionary? The High Inquisitor. The High Inquisitor. Is that his name? From, no, you're right. Who's the High Inquisitor? Is that from Star Wars? Wait. Why is this the guy from Obi-Wan Kenobi? The double rotated. Oh, <laughs> I've already messed it up. All right. So it's it look, it's just the Guardians. It's just the Guardians. That's Guardians. It. It's it the is. Guardians. Beautiful conclusion to the trilogy. And potentially, you know, well, obviously James Gunn time in the MCU. And potentially, see how we go. But the level of good films that Marvel can put out. So <laughs> plenty of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Jesse, let's get it out there. Non-spoilers. I'm giving us five minutes collectively so we can get into spoilers as quick as possible. Right. Um, how did you enjoy this film? So I want to tell a story. So I first watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 when I was 11. Yeah. It was on my friend's laptop. I had an allergic reaction 20 minutes in, but I didn't, I didn't go and get my medicine because I was enjoying the film too much. Oh, and wow. it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. I watched number two in cinemas and it was my favorite movie for three years. Sorry, watched, that was something. That was Dead Poet Society. And so to say that I had high hopes is the understatement of the century. And to have my hopes that high and still exceeded, it was better than I thought it could be. This is the greatest film in the that has ever been made in the freaking 21st century this is i have no idea how james gunn is that good every single time i have rated four james gunn superhero films five stars now he's someone needs to stop this no one mentioned him all this power he's too good he's got a dc now this film is absolutely magnificent it is pretty much perfect that was beautiful that was beautiful that was really good yes look I'm actually very excited for this review because I don't know if I've ever reviewed a film with Jesse on the podcast where he's been so positive about it and we've both been really positive about it this is is easily the best film this this craps all over everything ever all at once this is like this is amazing (laughs) yeah 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 it it, it really is and I'm just going to quickly give you my background with the Guardian film as well I don't know a lot of you might think that you know I don't like the Guardian movies which is not true it is he hates the second one no Considerably <laughs> lower than your scores, Jesse, which would be a marginal difference. But it's wor- it's worse than I meant to, and that can never be forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can't I can't dis I can't lie about that one. Guardians one, I love it. I give it four out of five. I rewatched it recently. I had a great time with it. Then I thought, you know what? Bring on number two. Similar to you, Jesse. That was number two. I did see in cinemas as well. That was the first Guardians I saw in cinemas. Counting down to this one, time on the podcast, you know, we're often going out, banter each other with, you know, you love it. And I'll be like, yes, it's good. And you'll be like, no, it's freaking amazing. And I'll be like, okay, most anticipated. It was on obviously both of our lists. Mine was low for you on number six, my sixth most anticipated film of the year, I think or fifth. Anyway, we went into it, used up my birthday gift vouchers for gold class, got some sliders and, and chips and arancini balls whatever who, I've got who'd, you go, who'd you go with 
myself. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, I love that. So good. Yeah. I just thought, you know what? I need a me day. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. I, this is my favorite Guardians movie now. Like, it, I agree. Yeah. It, oh, easily best one in the trilogy. I think highlight performance for me. All right. Oh, sorry, sorry, you go. Yeah. I was going to say, is I think it's Chuck Woody Awuji as the the high. Read for first hot take of the day. He is the greatest MCU villain that has ever. He, he I'm going to so, make you there. It's either him or Thanos. It's like, agreed. Agreed. He's so good. Oh. He has 18 minutes of screen time, and you feel his presence from as soon as he is introduced to the very end of the movie. Is he only in it for 18 minutes? Yeah. It feels and like. Because I've actually, I should mention, I've seen this movie twice already. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you should go another couple times, okay? This I, is I went, I went on Thursday and then I went like yesterday. <laughs> Get tomorrow once you get to me. I will say this movie a third time in the cinema. It is good. I will just keep going back. Like, oh, it was so good. Performances across the board for everyone, just great. Yeah, I also want to quickly shout out. I think Mantis is hilarious in this movie. She is. She her is. like Pom physical Pom Clementine's physical comedy is out of this world. Like she's so funny. She's really and they, even, and they even made Chris Pratt likable. So like everyone is <laughs> they really did. They gave him a I love I love Star Lord so much. And it's it's yeah, because I don't love Chris Pratt and everything, but he's he's great as Star Lord. Yeah. yeah. Even he's made so me cool. like Vin Diesel. That's how good this movie is. <laughs> yeah, that says a lot. That says a lot because we were just talking about Vin Diesel. In the episode that's coming out after this, which will give you a little hint, hateable heroes. So we'll sprinkle that for our next episode. But wow, okay, all right. All right. I also want to say, um, whilst I didn't know as many of the songs this time, I think that the needle drops in this movie were the best I've ever been, especially the very last one. That song, the last song, I, I'm putting it in the episode. In the post credit scene? Or? It's, um, no, it's uh, Dark Days Are Over by Florence and the Machine. Oh. It is such a banger. I put that on my playlist. You know, oh. J- again and again, these these soundtracks, top three soundtracks MCU are all the Guardians movies. That, oh, yeah. Uh, hands down. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to go so find the CD for it because, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I love it. I love it. I also want to point out, they're, they're saying this is some of the best film action I've ever seen, let alone right? MCU. There is a scene at the start of the film and there is a scene about at the, the start of the, the first scene in the third act that are unbelievably filmed. Like, you could take that out of a John Wick movie. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. And we've yeah. never seen anything like that in the first two Guardians. No, no. It, it feels like, and this is what some people have had criticism with, but I appreciated. This film is not for random people. It's growing with its audience. We're all older than we were when we saw the first one and the second one. This is for fans like us, the Marvel fans, not some casuals that want to go, hey, let's go for a Friday movie night. Let's go to see Guardians. No. If you want to go do that, sure. But it's for the, the diehards who have been on this journey, it's particularly you, Jesse. This, this film is, is made for me. It's made for you. <laughs> so, look, that's our five minutes of um of non-spoiler talk because I'm just going to okay, so... straight into spoilers. So right. now you just want to unpack everything without having to beat around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so just quick wrap up. Guardians three, we both love it. Go check it out if you're an MCU I... fan. 
I am going to 1000% lock in. This is my movie of the year. There will be no film this year that is better than Guardians 3. No, no. no. I agree with that. Barbie will not come close. You've heard it here first. I think you're right with that one. I think you're right. I don't see Barbie being better than this. Yeah. Especially with our scores that we've given. Martin Scorsese didn't release the movie this year. It will not come close. (laughs) Even Scorsese's? No. Whoa. (laughs) All right. All right, Jesse. Jesse's giving out bounds of positivity. I'm loving this. All right. Perfect. Well, let's get into spoilers. Flip that switch, Jesse. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not seen Guardians 3, do not continue listening to this episode. Jesse, where would you like to start? I would like to start by recounting the eight times I cried in this film. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, yeah. wow, wow. I thought my four times was bad. <laughs> you've doubled that, mate. You've doubled that. It started, it started when we first get the shot of the very first shot of the film with all the little raccoons. Yes. And then it was when Rocket, we think Rocket's going to die the first time. When he got shot? Yeah. Yep. And then it's when Rocket and his friends are naming themselves. Oh. Like Lila, Floor. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's adorable. I love those guys. And then it was crying of laughter at the scene where Drax is like, well, you were jumping from women to women. As if they are lily pads. But what you need to do is learn to swim. Analogy. <laughs> and then obviously it's when there's this amazing scene between. So Rocket has, you know, he's pretty much died. He's very close. And he has his last scene with Lila. And she says, her and because they've all died. I'm just rushing through it now. And she's like, Rocket's like, can I come with you? And Lyle's like, yes, you can. But not yet. Oh, and, that was that was a good turnaround. Because I was worried how they the were gonna best, do this thing. Best quote in the movie. It's like, this has been your story all along, and you just didn't realize it. And that is one thousand percent right. Yeah, yeah. It has been Rocket from day one, and I didn't realize it until that moment. I was like, oh my goodness. This is one of the only trilogies in recent memory that actually has a through plan. <laughs> so, James yes. knew exactly how this was going to end from movie one, and he has stuck to it, and he has created by far the greatest cinematic trilogy of all time. It's very coherent. It flows well. And one thing I'm going to send you after this is a couple of videos by YouTube channel New Rockstars where they really take Stop a Stop writing New Rockstars every episode. Hey, because, <laughs> listen, you'll appreciate this, because they do a deep dive on it and they make these connections between the films and whatever and apparently James Gunn left these secret Easter eggs that are consistent in each film. I don't know what they are. but um, So, yes, I, I think that it does a good job because, like you said, it's consistent, it's coherent. The characters are the same. Like, there's no... 180 backflips on how they were or or you know I disagree. Like, you, you disagree. I think Nebula is a completely different character at the end of the movie and it's so earned. When she hears that Rocket is alive again, she breaks down crying. When have you seen Nebula break down in tears before? True. Completely earned. By yeah. Karen, Karen Gillan Gillan is fantastic in this movie as Nebula. I love Karen Gillan. That was Yes. And then I also obviously cried when I was like a thousand percent convinced that Star Lord was going to die. 
Like, I was like, he's gone. Like, yeah. he goes back, he's an idiot. He goes back to get his freaking Walkman. <laughs> oh, sorry, his Zoom, his Zoom And then he nearly gets sucked in out of space, which they've done every movie, by the way. Someone has suffocated in space. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. And he's eventually saved by Adam Warlock. But then, you know, there was also the first hug between Star-Lord, Groot, and Rocket when they're back together. Yes. So the sheer awesomeness of Groot having wings, like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was completely out of that. And then, of course, the final needle drop where everyone's dancing. And then it just, it just, it just pans on Drax for a moment. It just pans on Drax. And everyone's dancing except Drax. And my mind went back to a scene from Guardians 2 that said, There are two types of people in this board quill those who dance and those who do not. And that moment in this film, Drax became a, a person who did not dance to a person who did. He became a dad in this film that is such a good arc like every character arc is flawless i will watch a james gunn film superhero film i don't need to worry about the script i have complete faith there are zero holes in a james gunn script like so you're keen for superman legacy then absolutely excellent the most excellent. Hype movie that year they set up <laughs> rocket's magnet shoes in the first five minutes and come back to it two hours later can you that elaborate on that for wonderful me? script man script can writing you, can you elaborate on that for me so you know how Rocket's walking on the walls with his, yes. his magnetics, which then he then uses to get away from the high evolutionary. And then that's when the other time I grabbed, he, he, he kicks away land and he's like, my name's Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. And I was like, oh, yes. oh that was that. In, yeah. Someone who has enjoyed Marvel Contest of Champions and seen him as Rocket Raccoon. And it has never been referenced in the movie until now. I was like, that is that is better than like freaking... I am Iron Man. Like that is, I didn't cry when Tony Stark died. I did cry when Rocket didn't die. Like that, that <laughs> is like <laughs> that is how wow. much character made. I think Rocket is one of the greatest film characters of all time. I I honestly do. Yes, yes. I want to start by on really really unpacking Rocket's story because yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm just been rambling. No, on. this is good. This is good because you're guiding my discussion, so you're getting all your thoughts out, and this okay. is helping me kind of piece things together. So. Obviously, Rocket's story in this film, we've had it implied over the last two films, you know, there's all this stuff of people calling him Monster and Raccoon and Trash Panda and, and you know, all of that. Build-A-Bear. Only getting it's that. actually a great quote from Endgame where Thor's like, you look like a Build-A-Bear, and Rocket's like, maybe I am. <laughs> and then we see in this film that he was, he was kind of right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, this is one of the big subplots. This is the first subplot in a film for me where I have really felt quite emotional because obviously you probably what about the subplot know. in Guardians 2. That was a Not great as subplot. much as, as, as this one, Jesse, but particularly when it comes to animals and animal cruelty in film. Oh, that's for sure, yeah. Late weak point for me. I always, always break down because I just, it's so, I hate seeing that in film the way they do it in this film you hate watching it but you're also like because you like Chug Woody's performance as the high evolutionary as well but you're like also rocket and floor and you know you're kind of torn between the two and I think that when you're doing that right that is just great great script writing and the, the 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 first big moment that that really quite shocked me in this film, and I'm sure it did for you as well, Jesse, is when uh, Lila and Groot and uh, Lila and Rocket are uh, embracing, and the High Evolutionary just shoots 
pad yeah, on like, the ground. Because they then, keeps these animals, man. Like it's yeah. Oh, it was just I I just just went like it felt like something dropped inside me, like my heart or my throat dropped or something. Then everyone else dies. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're actually running with this. Like this is I thought these guys were all gonna reunite with the guardians. I, mean, or, you I, know. I thought they were probably gonna because obviously then where where would they be now? Like you know, we've never seen them before, so they're probably true. gonna true. have to get separated in some way. But I also think that um that happened. And then I was like, well, if that's ha- who else is gonna die? Because yeah. you've been thinking you've been here, David Tease is not coming back, the guardians are breaking up. Um, James Gunn always says the color of his text to resemble who's dying in the film. Yes. Yeah. Which I guess he did do with Lila technically. Yeah. I was convinced that Drax was gonna die in this movie. Convinced. Yeah. Well, when none when... of the guardians died, but it wasn't a cop-out either no mostly except for when they shot when they went to the skin eczema planet that's what i'm calling it because it was disgusting but it looked awesome (laughs) um the the biome planet or whatever it's called when they shot drax at the front when the when nathan fillion and the other guards shot him from the front and then from the back that's the one time where i was like oh i get it yeah i don't think uh you Drax can take so Drax can probably take as much as the Hulk. Like he's the I don't think the film like when you see him punch um Adam Warlock and oh, the yeah. camera does the spin. Oh that really? that would kill any other person in the movie apart yeah. from Adam Warlock. Like he's he so he could realistically take that. He would be like battered. He was yeah. but he could take that. Yeah. So, right, yeah. that was okay with me. Okay. Um, and I think it needed to happen so Peter Quill could always find him when they like flew up. Speaking of the gravity, how funny was Mantis flying through the <laughs> doing all the backflips and stuff? Like, yes, yes, so out of control. <laughs> just, just the little moments like that really helped to make it a film because this felt like a film. One of my big problems from Guardians Two, and you'll probably disagree with me here. Yeah, I probably will. Is the fact that they weren't as united as they were in the first one. They were a bit splitting off some. And off. we have two amazing B plots. We get more of Yondu. Which we wouldn't have got if they just stuck together. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I think in this film they found it. Like this film is the definition of Guardians of the Galaxy for me. Like this is how I wanted it to be always. Yeah. Like they're in the group. They've come together. They're they're, they're fighting and they're really united. And they're fighting. They're not even fighting. They're not fighting to defeat the high evolutionary. They're fighting to guard these kids yeah. and these animals, they're fighting to save people. That That's what they do, even though they're, like, kind of shifty and will actually kill They're not the Avengers. They'll actually kill people to get what they want. Yeah, yeah, like, literally. All for a good cause. And they don't blow up buildings like the Avengers. <laughs> the Guardians are the better than the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Obviously, I personally... Uh, with Avengers this Endgame, is, my favorite film. This is my Endgame. This is, this my is endgame. your Endgame. This is your Endgame. <laughs> my endgame. This is this, is this is this is more satisfying than Endgame, hands down for me. Wow! Wow! Okay, yeah. fair enough, Jesse. That that's very fair enough. And now, it's half an hour shorter. Yeah. Although I would have watched five hours of this movie, I would have kept watching. Me too. It which which does watching. bring me back though to what I'd want to talk to you about is the pacing because I want to know what Perfect. your thoughts are about it and then I'll Perfect share. Pace. Perfect pacing. I agree. I you agree. Have, 
exactly enough rocket flashbacks. Yep. I mean, not feel bored or not feel like it was too rushed. Yep. And actually, it goes quickly because there aren't many, that many locations in the film. No. There's really nowhere that X-Men planet encounter Earth. That's pretty much it. And it all goes so quickly because you're just enjoying the character dynamics so much. And it's just... That's why they, if there's not all the locations, they're just focused on the music and the characters and it's just a bomb. Yeah. This film is another one of those films that I call an equal ratio film. And that's where you're able to put great engaging sequences equally spaced throughout. Yeah. And in between that, you have great scenes of dialogue and character moments. And See, I disagree. I thought it started amazing and then it got better as it went on. I think the third act, it starts with this incredible one shot of the hallway fight where it's just all the Guardians working together. That's all filmed in one shot where they played No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Oh. That was all filmed in one take. Yeah. Like, I, just, I couldn't see any cuts, at least. Yeah, no, no. I, I think Which that was. Extraordinary. And then, you know, that emotional scene of Rocket rescuing all the raccoons. And then the fight between the team with the high evolutionary, and they just, every, every Guardian gets one hit and he's gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, a part of me during that part did want to see a bigger fight with the High Evolutionary, but then I realised that, like you said, it's not about him being the villain. It's not about him. It is saving Rocket and really progressing that and tying that whole thing up, you know, with saving the, the animals and especially like the Ark, you know, from the Bible, like all the animals get on nowhere. And it was, it was just yeah. such an uplifting moment, like when everyone's coming on and, and yeah. But um, um, what did you think about Aisha? And Adam Warlock's inclusion in the film. Um, who's Aisha again? The the Queen of the Sovereign. Oh, she's funny as sorry. Yeah, I thought she was the yeah. I thought Adam Warlock was used just the right amount, and he was okay. very very funny. Will Poulter's is doing good, great work here. <laughs> I do like Aisha. She's great. I do wish that I just want to that I have two minor criticisms on the film. Yeah, go for it. The first is that Sean Gunn is billed above. Um, what's how do you pronounce his name again? Sorry, uh, I think it's Chugwidi Awuji. Yeah, Sean Gunn is built above him in the credits. I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Mm. And also, um, where, did Star Lord's mask break in Endgame? Like, he just didn't wear it the whole film, which is fine, but I was just like, just curious as like to where it was, you know. It was there in the the third act at a very minimum. I know he no, just, he he didn't wear it the whole. I've Joel, I've seen it twice. He didn't wear it. The only thing I can think of that is because, like with Star Lord, I did this film kind of picked up. He was down in the dumps, and I was like, "Why?" And then I was like, "Oh, he's still depressed about Kamora and whatever." And I was like, "That's fine," but maybe he feels like he shouldn't be wearing that mask. Yeah, because he's not at the hero where he needs to be. And yeah. then this film kind of kicks into motion and he maybe didn't have time to get it or or something like that. It ends up great because you get that like heart stopping moment where he you've like convinced he's dying. Like the second time I watched it, I just watched my mate react to it and it was amazing. It was just the like fear that was in his eyes. It was like oh yeah. Oh it it was just yeah and and I have to give a big credit to to Chris Pratt actually. When he's great, he's he, great. he 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 really delivered a wide yeah. range in everything. You know, when he is floating in space and dying, like we said, yeah. when Rocket is pretty much flatlining and he's going no, and it was in the trailer. Yeah, 
Yeah. Your hit is just as hard, if not harder, than it did in the trailer yeah. for me. And yeah, because he's got to convey the emotions in this one. Yeah. Is the emotional character, so which is great. Yeah, yeah. And I thought the whole thing with Gamora actually ended up working quite well. That was great. How cool yeah. was that for Ravager? Who would have thought? I know. It I did. loved her eyebrows as well, her eyebrow movements. So good. What was she doing? I missed the eyebrows. She was just like raising them in crazy eyebrows. So I was a very physical actor, which really paid off in this film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it makes sense because everyone was there for the Battle of Earth in Endgame. You know, the Ravagers were there as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if she just, one of the Ravagers was like, hey, come with us. Like probably Stallone was like, you know, you want to come with? Um, okay. and it's so funny how Rocky's, Rocky's in this movie. Man. I, was like, I know. Yeah, I, I think it's just the loyalty that actors have to James Gunn. Like I watched his Bradley Cooper interview and they were like, will you come back as Rocket? And he was like, "Where, when, whenever James Gunn annoys me, I'm there. It was yeah. like, and that is Bradley Cooper, like Oscar nominated director himself. Yeah. We'll go where James Gunn goes. And I was yeah. like, that's good. That, that's incredible. Oh, I love this. I love it. It was such, such a good experience. I think, the only criticism that I have, which we'll get to the scores shortly, momentarily, the only criticism I have is sometimes things were happening and because it was such a big movie, it took me a while to not understand but just be like, okay. So an example that comes to mind there, I would probably say that I would have liked maybe a bit more of the thread of um, Aisha and Adam Warlock just because it was ultimately them having to go after, like they wanted revenge for Aisha uh, for the Guardians killing all of the yellow. Yeah, um, I thought they'd put enough of them in it. I don't know, because, well, I mean, obviously Will Poulter just rocks up at the start. And I was like, that's good. We're getting straight into it. Um, but that's then, the reason. Like he's trying to collect rocket for the high evolutionary. Yeah, so I, it's not too much of a criticism. but I, I kind of maybe would have liked to have seen a bit more um conflict maybe between Aisha and the high evolutionary you know he would have been like to her I want you to get Rocket because I want him back and she would have been like I'll get him but I also want to kill the guardians because they've killed my race but I I I got that without that and we're focusing we're spending less time on the less interesting characters like you would have just dragged it out and you would have complained about that like I think yeah handled perfectly in my opinion Mm, okay okay and another scene where I did get a little, not dissonant, but I was taken out for a moment was, was counter earth because it was such a different location that we've seen. Like it was similar, but different. You know what I mean? Like it was oh, like, did you, not get, did you not get the ET, par- ET parody? No, I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> I was like, it's so weird seeing aliens live there and then it's humans there. And I was like, you know, that's, that's how it's meant to be. But I, there was one memorable moment where I got visibly confused of what was going on, and that was when the high evolutionary ship is is coming out of Counter Earth, yeah. and the, the the ground was starting to crack. Which I was like, "That's fine," but then there were these like flares coming up out of the ground, or like uh, fireballs or something. Was that from the ship, like shooting, or? Yeah, that- because the ship is just under this counter earth, like because that's why he designed it so if he wants to destroy the earth and start again, he can just fly it off and it will do it. Like, yeah, okay, okay. 
Because it, it did kind of take me a while there to be like, oh, what's going on? Because he wants on? to, like, he has a huge god complex and then he wants to have that control. You know? Most definitely, yeah. And I thought that they did that, that whole scene was great. Like, they just, they were just killing people left, right and centre. Yeah. Like, these fireballs are coming out here and there. But in the moment when I was watching that, I didn't get that straight away. And so I was like, what is it? And then going with that, Drax and Mantis going for a motorbike ride, as much as I love that scene, I feel like when there's a threat that they know, like, I, I feel like they, sh- I don't know, maybe. Of like, course they shouldn't have gone. Yeah. That's exactly what this character will do. Drax will not t- take orders from Peter Quill because he's bigger than him. He, he's in, he loves his friends. He wants to go save them. And Mantis loves Drax and will always go with Drax. It is completely the wrong decision but it is exactly what those characters would do in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that I still need to get, even though I've watched this whole trilogy and Avengers and Infinity War and Endgame is the guardians sometimes often more than not make mistakes. And then James yeah, Gunn- because they're like so much more better fleshed out than the Avengers are. Who are <laughs> these like perfect guardians <laughs> of earth. Like stop. Yeah. Well, yeah, literally. Whereas the Avengers are like that. And then they're like, we've made a mistake. Let's go back in time travel. Whereas James yeah. Gunn like, They've made realistic human decisions and we're just going to keep rolling with that. Whereas usually I'm not kind of mostly used to that. So I'm just kind of like, oh, that was something new. So that's only some minor criticisms from me there, but everything else I thought was really great. Yeah, 100%, mate. I knew very well. And um, just last thing, Jesse, what did you think about the post-credit scenes? Um, the mid-credit scene was hilarious. Talking about the favorite music. Yes, oh, that was so good. The end one, look, I'm I'm like to see Star Lord. I think he's just gonna be a supporting character. He'll pop up here and there. I like I'm happy for that. As long as we get to see more of Rocket and Groot and then you guidance team, I'm happy. Yes, yes. Now I'm because obviously Gun's moving to DC. I'm do you think we're gonna get another Guardians of the Galaxy but without Gun? Like, is that what they want? Is that what they're setting up? Would you want that? Um yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe oh, I'm really lost. Oh. I just don't really care, like, because that was the last Marvel movie I was excited for, apart from, like, Spider-Verse, I guess. Like, that's it. Like, I don't care about any of the new lineup. So, yeah. I yeah, I, th- I think what what I took from that mid credit scene was Gunn wanted to set up that there is always going to be some form of the Guardians of the Galaxy. They might show up in a big big film like Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars as supporting characters. But I think he just wanted to get them in there to say, look, we have a new Guardians team. They're always going to be out there saving people, but I would kind of like my directorial style to stay with these characters. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was I, I, anything else you want to particularly cover, Jesse? Cause I'm happy to, to, to go around, but I think we've yeah, covered. I'm all good. In the words of Chris Pratt, um, I don't know. He just said the F word. Which was pretty funny. <laughs> that was good. That was unreal. Galaxy is cannot describe how awesome this film was. Please go and see it. I am giving actually you do your score first. You do your score first. Okay. All right. Actually, yes, because I'm I'm curious what your score will be. Um, I think this is a beautiful conclusion to the Guardians trilogy and potentially maybe on my time as an MCU movie fan as well. Yeah. Uh, but I did love the pacing, the visuals, Chagwidi Awuji's performance, and Rocket's story. Though I do think there were some elements not utilized enough and underdeveloped. I know you'll disagree there. But 
an entry as stylized and refreshing as the sparkling water. I enjoyed it within gold class. I'm giving Guardians 3 a 95. I loved it. Wait, so you had some like issues and you only docked five points off her. Yeah, I, I couldn't give it any higher than that. Because okay. it, it, it but I couldn't, I can't give it any lower, but it it's 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 more than I just if I were to give it a 97, I'd be like, uh, eh, I don't uh, Okay. I don't feel comfortable giving it that score. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've said all that needs to be said from my, my end. I am giving Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a 99 out of <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. The highest score I will ever give in the history of the Railways podcast for any movie. <laughs> Holy crap. 90, a 99 is my score. We need to make that a soundboard thing too. Joel's 94 and then a 99. 99. 99. Wow. That is insanely high for you, Jesse. That is, it must be a good film then because. I mean, I've seen it twice in three days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. This is your end game. This is your end game. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Hearing Jesse praise the crap out of this film has been a delight to me and i hope you've enjoyed hearing it (laughs) go out and see guardians when you can if you're a casual fan i would encourage you to watch the other ones and then go watch it because it still is a great piece of work everyone's seen them because they're great great. you know what go and tell people to watch like age of ultron because no one watched that (laughs) well i met too (laughs) yeah do it I might watch Guardians 2 again tonight because I, I, I didn't really watch that because I watched it six months ago, but now I want to watch it again. Fair enough. Hey, Fair hey enough. cool. You, you got any tape? <laughs> Drax, you got any tape? Well, yes, yeah, Scotch tape's fine. Well, why did your last day? If you didn't have it. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Um, uh, so, yeah, what was I going to say? Subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other podcasts that are there. Uh, we have Instagram at BromaxPod, which is cool. You can keep us up with our new episodes and polls if John does them. Yep. We also have Redbubble. Get our merch. We shall shower curtains, throw pillows, and um, everything. So, yeah. Uh, my name is Jesse, correspondent of James Gunn. <laughs> my name is Joel, still lover of the Guardians, but not as high as Jesse. <laughs> can you admit this is the best trilogy ever? Not now. <laughs> what are you? What's the best trilogy ever, then, if it's not this? Maybe, maybe Scream. What? You, you say Scream 3 is better than Guardians 2. No. I don't know. Hang on. I don't know. Let me think. Anyway, about we, we're ending it here. We're, no, let's start. <laughs> Before you say something stupid, we're ending it. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Peace. guys. Catch you later. <laughs>